Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Being the Weekend edition. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB were looking back at Sunday and Saturday, and Saturday and Sunday, whichever way around you want. Uh, how do you get people to vote in the local body elections? Sir Bob Parker uh, has a few suggestions shortly. Uh, and when you do vote, will you be voting to van fireworks? Uh, Mike Chun has a book out. And speaking of Kiwi music, uh, Drax Project uh, popped in to see Francesca. But before any of that, uh, Japan beat Ireland. Oh, bummer if you're an Irishman in the crowd. An Irish perspective on what you saw. Martin, it was great to be there on the night history. was created. I suppose it's like all the um, Irish people that were at uh, Tolman Park in Munster in 1978 when Ireland beat the All Blacks in an upset. Well, this was uh, an upset. Nobody had expected uh, that um, Japan would uh, beat um, Ireland last night. In fact, uh, you know, we thought that Japan might, you know, put all the records and energy into, into beating Scotland to secure second place. But my God, what... What a, what a day. Like, uh, I didn't realise, I should have done a bit more research that uh, uh, Shizuka was 250, 250k from Tokyo. So uh, we had to get up early and go down. And uh, we went down and uh, we were in a place called Hamamatsu. We just went in and had breakfast down there. And who came out in the foyer and headed off to the match but the, the Japanese uh, team. So it was, it was just unbelievable. The, you know, you go to some of these cities in Japan, you think there's only a couple of hundred thousand living there and there's nearly a million people living there. But we got to the stadium, unbelievable. It was a bit of a trek to get there. Obviously built for the World Cup in 2002. And, uh, you know, you just got there. Everybody was so happy. Everybody had either had a, a Japanese jersey or an Irish jersey. There was a few All Black and other supporters there. So we got into the stadium. It was about 26 degrees getting in there. And, you know, the fields of Athen Rye were, were, were began to sung outside by groups of Irish supporters. And Ireland got a great, off to a great start. And we thought, you know, this, this is looking good. But uh, whatever happened, you know, it was so hot. Uh, you know, the Japanese pack really outplayed the Irish pack. And uh, Ireland, you know, made mistakes. Oh, well, good on him. Uh, that's Oliver Lee there. It sounds like he had a good time, even though he watched his side lose. Uh, so that's nice. Uh, now, uh, we've got uh, these local body elections going on. This seems to be the longest election voting process I've ever heard of. Um, and when I say that, I don't even know if I've done it or not. Um, am I allowed to get the domestic manager to fill my form out and send it in? Anyway, it's so Bob Parker. People voted for him once and he ended up being mayor of Christchurch. How do you get people to vote and care? What's your take? Should voting in local body elections be mandatory? Well, uh, I, even if you made it mandatory, I don't know that you're going to get anything more than a great deal of disappointment, frankly. I mean... For the vast majority of the time, really, local government isn't that sexy for people, you know. So unless you've got a really big issue on your plate that's divisive and makes everybody angry, not just a, a few people angry, it's very hard to get people involved. So, you know, I think a lot of people think that 90% of the time, doesn't matter who's in there, the staff are putting the information on the table and generally will run down the track. And if it's too bad, you can make a big fuss and there'll be a new council. But pretty much, I think we take it for granted. Is that because, and I, I, I'm hesitant to say this, but the, but the councillors, the, the, the ward representatives, are kind of redundant because of the inertia of bureaucracy. Councils kind of run themselves these days. Well, there is some truth in that. I mean, the model of councils has changed a lot over the years. And today, councils have the ability to uh, act 
in a lot more cases than just say the roading and the rubbish and the, and the drains and so on. So it is an area which requires the expertise of really good CEOs, not just like the old sort of what were they the sort of you know uh, what was the old name for the for the CEO? I forget it now. Secretary or whatever. I've forgotten. Yeah, there you go. The old way of doing things is so old, Bob Park. You can't even remember what it was. Um. Yeah, so if we need, so what he's saying, we need a decent CEO and not actually councils at all. Is that what he's? I think that's what he's saying. We should just hire good people to run our cities and not vote for them. I guess councils can ban fireworks if they want to. Uh, Francesca was standing in for Jack Tame Saturday morning. She may or may not be behind this. Let's find out. For the last decade, the shows have been for my kids and gosh, anyone else who wants to come. The neighbours normally pop over, curled up under rugs, making the same noises as their great grandmothers did. It takes about 15 minutes, that's all. But it's magical and exciting. In February this year, the Auckland Council voted to ask the government to ban private fireworks sales. And the report that swayed the council showed that nearly 90% of the 7,997 public submissions on the topic supported making private sales and use illegal. So I know I am in the minority and that my nostalgic views don't count for much when thinking about the common good. But here's what I worry about. We ban the private sale of fireworks. That leaves us with large, long, loud public displays. And the criticism that we level at backyard fireworks could be levelled at these. The main concerns being environmental, the chemicals, the litter leftovers, and disruption to flying wildlife. I wondered then if there was a better way in which we could measure and assess the harm caused by this once-a-year event. I don't have any issue with change. It's coming. I'm just glad I got to enjoy fireworks with my family before the world got one step more sensible. It is hard to argue against uh, private use of fireworks being banned. Uh, because I just think to all the stupid things that I've personally done with fireworks and that shouldn't be allowed. Um, anyway, see what happens there. Uh, Mike Chan, uh, I remember his book on split ends. That was that was a great read. Uh, he's got another another one out. It's called Sharp Left Turn. Oh, you've been in the you surely you've been in these studios many times before. But I've always wanted to be a DJ because as a kid out at boarding school, which you know boarding school is boarding school, and um, is Haraki yours? Yes, it is. So yes. Radio Haraki started. And we were just completely transformed into that beautiful world of contemporary pop music. And I've been in it ever since. It's not too late, Mike. What do you have to do to be I don't, a DJ? I don't, have much, I don't have much sway around here, but I can, and I, I, can, I can talk to someone if you like. You know, I can't do what they used to do. Like, I remember a guy saying, I'm supposed to be playing, um, you know, Yellow Submarine for you, but I'm going to play the B side because it's so much better. It's called Eleanor Rigby. And I thought... Cool, he's just doing what he wants to do, but I'm not sure you can do that anymore. Oh, no, I think you'd probably, they'd probably give you a little leeway, Mike. Excellent. Yeah, I think so. It's interesting you start by talking about boarding school because Sacred Heart College, where you went to school, has been in the, has been in the headlines recently. And as an old boy who reminisces about their time at the school in the book, maybe we should just put them at ease and let them know that there are no more headlines to come in this book. I suspect not. (laughs) There's a lot of focus there at the moment on changing their ways. But a lot of it comes down to principles, and there's a brand-new principal who has a broad-minded attitude to how, you know, uh, students are 
behave with each other and there's a spotlight on it now and I, and I think it'll be a lot better. But actually, I think it's a national problem. Absolutely. Bullying. I mean, are you still associated with the school? Absolutely. Yes, I was involved in the setup of the School of Imagination and my sons have been there. In fact, uh, um, Johnny, who's about to turn 18, will be walking out the gate for the last time in a few weeks, and that'll be the last chunny bunny to leave the school on a school day, but I, I always end up back there. He doesn't sound as mad and as bitter about that as I am every time I have to set foot back on school grounds. I hate it. I feel like, I don't know, uh, a devil worshipper setting foot on holy ground, vampire. It, it just seems unnatural to me, and I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, I've never actually uh, burst into flames, though. So it's probably not quite that bad. Um, we're going to finish up uh, with some more Kiwi music. Uh, here's Francesca being Jack again, talking to Drax Project. Sean, you're responsible for lead vocals with Drax Project. Is that correct? I'm responsible. Um, <laughs> yeah, no one's ever said that, actually. <laughs> but I am the lead vocalist. It is your responsibility. Yeah. What an incredible voice. What incredible range. So where did you dis- when did you discover that you could sing like that? Uh, I didn't. Um, probably SingStar when I like when I found out that I liked singing, you know, SingStar, PlayStation. I used to like, you know, trying to get this good scores on that. But um, I was forced into it by my high school bandmates, and then um, I was terrible at the start. But I've gotten better. What about that falsetto though? That's you, isn't it? That's me. Um, That's remarkable. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> How did you discover that? Just maybe copying people. I'm not sure. Maybe at a JT. But a- but uh, I don't even know, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Stumbled into it. Stumbled into it, yeah. Can you learn to, do you believe people can learn to sing? Yeah, 100%. You should have heard me when I was in high school. I was a terrible singer. Yeah. Did you know him then, Ben? Not in high school, no. No. But I definitely have gotten better. Like, even, even so the album, sorry, I'm just getting straight into it. <laughs> there's a song on there, Toto, that we recorded quite a long time ago. And there's, and the vocals on that, like, I can hear... Uh, I'm probably more sensitive to it than other people, but I can hear that. Like I've definitely gotten better at singing from that point. It's just some of the most recent songs on the album. I was, and I, you can probably hear it too. Like Ben is like, I, I definitely sound better <laughs> to my to my ears. Um, yeah, you can definitely get better at singing. I think the hardest thing with singing is just being able to identify uh, your pitch, like where you sit within, like the notes the relative you know what i mean so if like, you're a good listener you're if you can identify singer. that you're a bit sharp or flat then and you can get better at that it's quite good interviewing isn't it that's a question that you don't often hear asked and when people are interviewing musicians is how do you actually sing how to sing i mean it seems fundamental but it's obvious obvious it's an obvious thing and yet it is perhaps something that we've all wanted to know Good work, Francesca. I am Glenn ZB. I might just go and practice that, and before you know it, I might have my debut album out. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB, and maybe I'll sing tomorrow, so I'll see you then.